Good morning, it's Tuesday, March 26, 2013, and Audible presents the New York Times Audio Digest. Here's the news on this morning's front page. Women blamed for sexual assaults. We get the latest from Cairo. Also this morning, now in defense of gay marriage, Bill Clinton. And email points to overbilling by law firm. In today's national stories with speech, Petraeus returns to public life. A cold, wet wait for tickets to the Supreme Court. And lawyer outlines challenges in new job fixing Detroit. In today's financial headlines, companies get strict on health of workers. Bailout or no, Cypriots lose their trust in banks. And what you didn't post, Facebook might still know. There will be more business stories, more national and world news, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now, as selected by the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top story is written from Cairo, titled Women Blamed for Sexual Assaults. The sheer number of women sexually abused and gang-raped in a single public square had become too big to ignore. Conservative Islamists and Egypt's new political elite were outraged at the women. Sometimes, said Adel Abdel Maksoud Afifi, a police general, lawmaker and ultra-conservative Islamist, a girl contributes 100% to her own raping when she puts herself in these conditions. The increase in sexual assaults over the last two years has set off a new battle over who's to blame, and the debate has become a stark and painful illustration of the convulsions racking Egypt as it tries to reinvent itself. Under President Hosni Mubarak, the omnipresent police kept sexual assault out of the public eye. But since Mubarak's exit, the withdrawal of the security forces has allowed sexual assault to explode into the open, terrorizing Egyptian women. Women, though, have also taken advantage of another aspect of the breakdown in authority. By speaking out through the newly aggressive news media, defying social taboos to demand attention for a problem the old government often denied. At the same time, some Islamist elected officials have used their new positions to vent some of the most patriarchal impulses in Egypt's traditional culture and a deep hostility to women's participation in politics. The female victims, these officials declared, had invited the attacks by participating in public protests. How did they ask the Ministry of Interior to protect a woman when she stands among men? said Rita Saleh al-Hifnawi, a lawmaker from the Muslim Brotherhood's political party at a parliamentary meeting on the issue. The revolution initially promised to reopen public space to women. Men and women demonstrated together in Tahrir Square peacefully during the heady 18 days that led to the ouster of Mubarak. But within minutes of his departure, the threat re-emerged in an attack on the CBS News correspondent Lara Logan. There are no official statistics on women attacked, but all acknowledge that the attacks have grown bolder and more violent. By the second anniversary of the revolution, on January 25th, Tahrir Square had become a no-go zone for women, especially after dark. Hania Mohib, 42, a journalist, was one of the first victims to speak out about her experience that day. In a television interview, she recounted how a group of men violated her for three-quarters of an hour. Mohib called such remarks scandalous and accused Islamist lawmakers of being complicit. When ordinary people say such things, ignorance might be an excuse, she said. 
But when somebody in the legislature makes such comments, they're encouraging the assailants.